Welcome to Fright School. One man's willing descent into the dark abyss that lives at the heart of the American horror film. Over the next few weeks, I, Joshua Napier, am going to play horror Sherpa to Joe Farron's journey to the mountains of madness. Are you ready? Class is in session. gosh we're back more fright school fright school is back hey joe hi <laughs> how you doing i'm good i'm good yeah we just watched the amityville horror that was fun yes we did were you there when we went facebook live too oh, folks right that was fun we'll do more of that in the future that was just kind of testing it out see see what that might look like yeah we... did you like it did you have fun because we did yeah it was a good time did you if love... you didn't pff, Shut up. Did no, you I'm like kidding. the uh, <laughs> expression on my face? Oh, man. Because that expression is priceless. <laughs> it is. Sorry, y'all. You can't see him. Uh, Joe's rearranging his chair. I was looking down. I was like, oh, it got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, my God. Joe collapsed and died. <laughs> From Tara. From sheer Tara. Sheer Tara. <laughs> David Joanne. Oh, so what's been going on since uh, the last episode? Nothing, because we just recorded it a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> we're we like just did powering. The thing. We're, do, we're trying to power through and get. I know uh, we're trying to get up. up, get caught up. Yeah, we uh, get on up. Yeah, we're we're trying to get these out a little faster so that they're you know not coming at you three months after the fact. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wondering like why are you talking about the show's almost over? Why are they talking about right. it like it just happened? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's been going on uh, in the last couple of days. Let me look at my little uh, horror app. I didn't, I'll plug this, iHorror.com. They have a really cool app, iHorror, obviously. Blood and Guts on the go. Can you believe it? Well, I just found out something that's not horror related. Oh. But on the way over here, I just found out that Serena Williams is engaged to Alexis Ohanian, who was like the co-creator of Reddit. And that has nothing to do with anything, but I was yeah. very gagged. I was I very shocked. I don't really even know who any of those people are. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I just don't care. Uh. <laughs> um, yes. No, uh, I'm excited. I get paid on Wednesday, and I'm so excited. I get paid on Wednesday. Oh, my God. It's because we both work for the same thing. Yes, Friday night, Wednesday day, just got paid. Um, let's see. I had a very good weekend. I had family visiting from Guam, G-U-A-M, represent the 671 in the Guam. Pacific. Guam. And, um, we just went all over town and it was, um, very fun to see family I haven't seen in a while. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I was a little, I played chauffeur. I was a little chauffeur all around town, which was really fun. And, um... I actually like went to record the last episode, Halloween episode, when and they were at the house, and they were like, and then I saw them again on Friday, and they're like, "Oh, where did you go?" And I'm like, "Oh, I went to record my podcast," and they're like, "Oh, we got a podcast," and I'm like, "Yeah, you should listen to it," and that's it. So I hope they're listening now. Hello, family. Yay! Hello, Joe's family. Hello, Thank Joe's you for birthing family. him. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and um, and that was really cool. We did farmers market. We did you know mar- modern white people horror of you know they they're running out of 
they're running out of cheese to make the savory crepes, that sort of thing. Running out of crepe ingredients. Crepe cheese. That's awful. I feel for them. And that's it. Um, That's pretty much what I've been doing since I last saw you. And what about you, Joshua? You're still off, right? You're not not in school yet? No, I haven't gone back to class, uh, enjoying my time off, working on music, writing some new stuff. That's what I've been up to. Woohoo! When's the next social animal show? Uh, we are playing, this will be out probably after. <laughs> well, I don't know, actually. Uh, January 18th, we're going to play at this place called the Kava Lounge. Oh, awesome. This will be on the 16th. Yeah. Uh, no. What is? Oh, this will come out on the 16th. Yeah. Okay, so this then... Um, all right. Which, yeah. by the way, if you're listening to this on the 16th, I hope you're having a good holiday weekend. Happy Martin Luther King Day. That's true. Yeah. So we'll have this. And then, uh, that's right. Yeah. So that Wednesday, the 18th, me, uh, me and my band is playing along with Ingenue. It's really going to be a fun show. We actually had a really fun rehearsal. Uh, I'm excited for it. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Horror news. So, uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, they've announced. Will uh, we already knew that it was coming back? We knew the Showtime was going to do something, but it's. Uh, they have an official release date in May. I think it is May twenty first. Yeah, Sunday, May twenty first. Uh, I guess it's going to have a two hour premiere, and then we'll have a you know some sort of eighteen episodes total. Two hour season premiere that kicks off eighteen episodes total. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how if how they're breaking that up or what they're doing, but that's very exciting for those of us who have been uh, kind of excited for a t- t- Twin Peaks return. Um, what else? Let me see. As everyone can probably guess, I have not seen an episode. Right. Yeah, we'll have to watch that. I think it'd be really fun. It's a very interesting show. It's weird. It's it has a lot of uh, genres kind of going in going on in it. Um, so I think it'd be really fun. We're going to have a new child's play movie, the cult of Chucky. Uh Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out what it's. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. So it's after the curse of Chucky, the last one they did. Um, what the hell? We're not watching child's play this time around, are we? We're not, but we, we probably will eventually. Cause I, I do want to do like child's play, demonic toys, uh, the puppet master, but it's just kind of fun. Just little things that are coming out. Um, Digital artist adds realistic gore to Home Alone clips. Well, look that up. I don't know. <laughs> look that up. Yeah, just look it up. Tell um, if you I'll want your childhood memories to be tainted. Yeah, do it. Anyway, so yeah, lots of cool, uh, lots of cool horror on the on the horizon. Um, I can't. I don't know what else. Uh, cool horror movies. Lots of horror politically. <laughs> yes, yes. True horror is on the horizon. True, yes. True horror is upon us. It's time. It's coming for everybody. Well, you know, hold each other tight. This is this is when uh, vampires vampires are going to make their comeback. You know, if we're if we're sticking true to that, you know, vampire zombie Republican Democrat correlation, yeah. we're we're in for some really really cool vampire movies coming up. I think. Yeah, or the rich are just going to like go through the streets grabbing poor people and chewing on them. We'll see. It could get very libertine in here. Very Marquis de Sade. Very Marquis de Sade. Yeah. Marquis de Sade. Awful. Have you seen Salo? I have not. 120 Days of Sodom? 
No. Have you heard of that? I have not. So the Marquis de Sade, we know who he is, right? Yes. Sadistic motherfucker that he was. Yes. Wrote a lot. Uh, mostly from prison. He was almost always in prison. But He, he wrote uh, the, the story of O, right? Was that the Marquis de Sade? Uh, is that him? No, I don't think so. He wrote something, though. I don't know. They made that movie Quill about him. Yes, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush plays the Marquis de Sade. Yeah, and it has some very uh, graphic... Is that what I'm thinking? Maybe I'm thinking of something. Quills, else. yeah. Quills. Yeah, yeah. It has some really sick, like, yeah. Then there, there's um, uh, there's the play Marat Sod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But anyway, Anyway, so, so he wrote this uh, book, well, started uh, this book called The 120 Days of Sodom, which is about, like, these libertines, you know, who believed in, like, full, like, hedonism to any degree, do whatever you want, Um to whoever you want. depravity. Yeah, exactly. And um, they kidnap, like, it's something like, you know, a group of children, boys and girls, groups of adults, boys and girls, all this stuff. And they take them to out and, you know, to this, like, mansion, castle, place, and just do whatever they want to to them. Oh, God. Yeah, it's really horrifying. And they made a movie called Salo in the 70s, of course. Uh, I think it's Italian, of course. Uh, that's all. It's very graphic and violent and horrifying it's probably not so, like again like that's not see going back to like the last episode where i talked about my uh desensitization uh-huh. i would i wouldn't want to show you that movie kind of like a serbian film like it's like that where mm-hmm. it's really graphically violent and has just a lot of depravity it's very disturbing it. yeah yeah and it's supposed to be like i get it because it's supposed to be a comment on like the depravity of like the world that we live in and that political figures and the rich can and will do whatever they want to do which uh, we kind of like i mean we kind of know that it's not we don't need to see those kinds of representations yeah so it's just yeah it's just that kind of uh commentary so i, I wouldn't encourage you or anybody listening to watch uh that or to read the 120 days of sodom um i have also done that and it's yeah it's horrifying enough uh just take my word for it so <laughs> all right what if it was the marquis de chade de chade yeah oh, <laughs> man. Like, i need and a if soldier you of love cry. I am here to dry your eyes. That was bad. And drink the tears. That's and what like the Marquis the de Chade would, would be doing. Yes. Uh, you know. The Marquis de Chade. <laughs> Sorry. The Marquis de Chade. That is <laughs> that's the name of this episode. Has yes. nothing to do with Amityville Horror, <laughs> but the Marquis de Chade. De Chade. Yes. <laughs> There has to be a t-shirt. We have to make a t-shirt. Yes, I don't can know you how. imagine? It's like Sade with like a libertine like wig. It's, like it's Sade's face. face on Jeffrey Rush's like body from yeah. Quills. I love it. Or like it could be the play Marat Sade. And Marat then it's, Sade. It's Marat versus like Sade, soldier, soldier of love. and <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the Marquis de Sade. So, Movie. the Amityville Horror. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of excited to talk about the Amityville Horror um, for a couple reasons. One, um, you're excited to talk about everything. It's true. I love to talk. Uh, <laughs> but why? But why this one? Uh, you know, because it's kind of cool. Because so several of the movies that we've watched this year, uh, including Psycho, um, The Exorcist, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, have all. Um, purported to have been based on, like, real events. But the Amityville Horror is the first that really, like, is 
like a true crime because the others are like it taking inspiration like Psycho and and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is taking inspiration from the Ed Gein story. The Exorcist claims to be based on like the 1940 exorcism of a boy, uh, but they're not. Neither none of those films uh, recreate those the, those events and, and present them as true crime. So this is the or you know as as a true accounting of what happened. So this is the first film, uh, and that's kind of what we're going to examine today. I think we'll talk a little bit at least about that um, is that like that line of fact and fiction. And so this is the first movie in, in our list. And I actually, I think the only one I'm just like kind of looking through here. Well, the Blair Witch Project also, when we get there, you know, purports to be a real thing. Um, but out of all these, uh, the image of a horror is the only one that actually there are, you know, there are real, uh, they use the their documents real names that prove, too. yeah, yeah, that prove that 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 these people all existed and some of these events happened. Um, not, I'm not saying the demonic possession stuff, but just that the Lutzes did exist, the DeFeos did exist, this house exists. Uh, whatever you want to believe actually happened within those, you know, 28 days that they claimed that they lived in the house and were run out by, you know, whatever. That's you know. <laughs> that's up to you yeah i'm i don't you know clearly like think that they were hounded by demons but i don't know some kind of group psychosis perhaps <laughs> uh but we'll we'll talk a little bit about that so we just finished watching it together well kind of i you know i was listening i was listening to our last podcast because we um so joe does a lot of the editing, all of the editing. Joe does everything to do with like the podcast on like that technical side. So he makes sure it gets recorded properly. He makes sure it sounds well, good. Well, he makes sure it sounds well. Uh, <laughs> he makes sure it sounds good for your earballs, and uh, and then I try to like kind of write a caption. That's like my job. It's like two, you know two seconds to write a sentence. So I was listening, trying to figure out what I was going to say about it, uh, and. You know, it's hard listening back to yourself on a podcast. I'll tell you, I don't know if you like you listen, but like that last one, I mean, I said, you know, after like every fucking thing that I said, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I do know. Um, And it's so aggravating. And I'm so sorry to our listeners because I don't I don't realize it because it's it's been eight episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I. So is that on all of them? I'm gonna have to go back and listen because uh, n- none of them bothered me as much as this one. The I, ums and the uhs and the other things have always bothered me. I, but this one was really bad. Sometimes I'll I must have not known what I was talking. I'll about. I'll listen to it. So like you know to give like, here's some inside baseball for y'all. So we record on like a Thursday or whatever. Like that's typically the day we try to record. Yeah, some days it doesn't work. Monday. Today is Monday. Um, so Joshua and I are actually together when we're when I posted the made, made it go live, uh, but. I we usually record on a Thursday and then I and then I listen to everything and I've you know I look back at my notes and see where we need to like edit things down and trim the fat a little bit and not I'm not fat shaming anybody so don't come after me but <laughs> the our podcast we are cuz you yes. know it's like 2 hours of this bullshit yes <laughs> got to trim it so we're so when I'm doing that sometimes I'm like I just recorded this a few days ago, but I did not, I can't remember saying some of the things that I said mm-hmm. or talking about some of the things that we talked about. Oh, yeah. And what's, what's funnier is that uh, you'll say something and then I will come up with a response in my head and that will be what I said, but I will forgot that I said it. Oh yeah. Like, cause it, cause <laughs> yeah. it's just like, Oh, that's probably exactly what I would have said to that situation. 
But other than that, like it's, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty easy setup and we have, uh, you know, we're still learning things and we're, we're still, yeah. I mean, we, we, it should sound much better. Like Halloween, if you go back and listen, Halloween probably sounds much better because we realized that we needed to change out one of the mics. Yeah. So we're, we're always experimenting. We're experimenting. We're, we encourage experimentation. <laughs> yes, we do. So, <laughs> you know, um, and we have a saying on Guam. So a lot of um, it's a thing where like Chamorro people, Guamanian people say, I know a lot. They say, I know. They'll be like, oh, I know. I know. So we always say that Chamorros are the smartest people because they know everything. Ah. So I do know. So when you say, you know, I'm like, I know. Uh-huh. You know, I know. I like it. So, <laughs> so when you say, you know, just picture I'm saying, I know. Yeah. I love it. It's just like, yeah, it's just one of those things where I look at the, where I'm listening and I'm just like, oh gosh, you know. And it's also because we don't really plan this out. This is a very natural uh, discussion that we do that's really kind of open. You know, we don't plan too much. Like we sketch a few, you know, things out like, okay, we're going to talk, you know, we know we want to talk about these things. Um, or hit these points, but, but even sometimes we don't like la- yeah. like with the Halloween one. I'm like, oh my gosh, we be- like we really didn't talk that much about like Jamie Lee Curtis and like the incredible you know um, effect you know Laurie Strode and that character has had on horror films. Didn't barely like talked about it. Barely talked about Michael Myers Halloween in general. We just William barely Shatner's mask. William Shatner's mask. I know I couldn't believe that we didn't talk about that because that's what that is, y'all. It's just a yeah. painted white William Shatner mask. Had the eye, the eye, the eye eyeballs the eye holes right here these things the eye holes uh widened a bit had the hair crazy all in your eye holes and your ear balls yep eye holes and ear balls love it that should be the name (laughs) that should be the name of this episode eye holes and and ear balls (laughs) i'm sure david Uh, out there shout out to david um is probably like why didn't you talk about this he doesn't sound like that that's just you know that's a caricature don't get me wrong But that guy is going to have to come on here. Yes. Okay. So we're going to have to make that happen. We're going to have to get him over here. He's going to sit right there, right in front of the door. Joshua, I when we talk, I'm just like, I think he might be just as big a horror fan as you. Probably. And I've not met. He's probably going to have a whole other perspective He'll to have add. so much. He yeah. did that American horror camp out thing the one i think where they touch you and i'm yeah. like no thank where they you get, like, you have to sign waivers and shit and they can do whatever they want no i don't like that yeah, that sounds that. like some like marquita shade stuff right <laughs> exactly and that's the thing <laughs> oh my god that's it's awesome we're gonna make t-shirts none of you fuckers steal this idea uh we're gonna do we're gonna make t-shirts Hor- fright school it's welcome to fright school professor soldier marquis Shade. <laughs> uh I've totally lost my turn. Oh no, like the Halloween, the uh, horror house or whatever, where yes. you could do and they could do whatever they. I'm like, no, I'm not for that. But I would love to have him come here and talk about the experience of it. That yes. sounds really cool. I just don't. Yeah, I don't want to. No, do all thank that. you. I mean, I like I like horror from a distance. Yeah, but I do not want it touching me. I don't want it. I don't want to experience it physically. Well, I will say this: I would love to like have like a month off and go to like 
scary, real, like, horror places. Like, back in Ohio, or actually, I think it's in Kentucky, there's, like, this big abandoned, like, asylum that you could spend the night in. There's that creepy clown motel town thing outside of Vegas. The murder house. Yeah, all that. Well, not, well, the the one from American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to visit it, but, I mean, I want to go, like, I would love to go to, like, quote-unquote real haunted places with, like, friends and, like, spend the night and, like, investigate around. I'm totally down for that. I'm not down for, like, this controlled sort of, like, horror environment. Like, you know, I don't know. that It's just weird. It's hard to explain. That's- I'm down for something real, but I don't want to be touched by, like, a stranger who feels they have the uh, capacity to do whatever they want to to me because I've given them permission. That creeps me out. See, that's interesting because you would rather you would rather spend time in a haunted... You would rather go to a haunted house mm-hmm. and completely be open to anything happening. Like, yes, it, that oh, might oh, doc be proof. That might be proof of, some, of an actual haunting yeah. than to go to a, a haunted house... Where you fake that's fake that you, that's <laughs> fake where you've given them permission yeah. to like and where you've they've given you them permission to essentially terrorize you, yes, yeah, no, I don't want to do that, but with, it'd be fun, like with our group, like it'd be really fun, like you know, four or five of us, yes, like, let's drive through Texas and see something scary. like I'm down for like a horror road trip that's kind of creepy. We have to do it with Justine. I love that, yes, when she gets back, that's what we should do. I have had this long I have had this from the moment I met Justine, I've been wanting to do this like YouTube, um she knows what I'm talking about. If she's listening to this i YouTube um. Uh, like series where we like blindfold her and she does like a man on the street style reporting, but we like put her in places that are just uh, like we, that she would never go to. So like we would like blindfold her and then like drop her in the middle of like, like leather night or like, you know, IML in Chicago with like all the leather daddies and, or we like blindfold her and then we like drop her in like a juggalo gathering (laughs) i would love to see justine at the uh the uh what do they call that it's like the it's like a juggalo gathering the gathering of the juggalos or something like that and she's like okay justine um, is a juggalette yeah it's awesome well, you know, she she you is painted up as a juggalo could be pretty entertaining. Well, I think I would. I'm just going to go as like a meth head. Yes, uh, aren't those all the same? <laughs> but like, yeah. So just you know, put her in places, or you know, send her to like a Korean bathhouse, and you know, have her get treatments where they like scrub your nipples. Like it. I mean, wow. Sorry, that was that really graphic. Really random. Wow, man. she's yeah. Sorry, sorry. Provolto. I don't know Italian. Parmigiano Reggiano. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so the point is, yeah, I would love to do something like that. So if anybody's down to fund that trip, let's make it happen. Uh, what was the whole point of all of this? I don't even know. Um, the Amityville Horror. Right. Back to the Amityville Horror. So it's based on... We were talking about how we always detour and don't really talk about the right, movie. the movie. I know. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. That's why nobody's listening to this shit. Like, they're like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. Get to the murder, Joshua. So, get to the murder. Right, get to the murder. <laughs> uh, yeah, so The Murder, The Amityville Horror, True Story by Jay Anson. That is the book uh, that this is based on, the phenomenal bestseller that stunned the country. Uh, yeah, so the Lutz family, George Lutz. Murderer? No, I don't. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Maybe. 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 And Karen, Kathleen, Kathleen, George, and Kathleen Lutz. 
so that's what started the whole thing. So they moved in this house with their with her children, her three kids. I don't know why I kept thinking that he had kids and they kind of like Brady Bunched it. But can you imagine not. if the Brady Bunch lived in the Amityville Horror House? <gasps> I would pay to see that Brady Bunch movie. Somebody yes. make that happen. Um, gosh, but like both the parents are gone, aren't they? Yes. Because I would love to see it with Florence Henderson. We need to go back in time and make that the the the, the story, the Brady Bunch in the Amityville mm-hmm. Horror House. But like Jan's the one present possessed. Yeah, of course Jan is. Yeah, of and course. Then, and with then her she like friend breaks Jody the axe and like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yes, I'm for it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, so in 1975, that's um, when this book. Wait, when was this book published? The book actually came out, looks like, in 1977. Uh, but they claim that everything happened uh, in in 75. And for those who didn't... December who didn't, of 75. For those who didn't see the... Um See the the live uh, the live stream that we did. Uh, Joshua has like the nineteen seventy seven book. Like he has, he's got like a he a paperback like one of those kind of like pulpy paperback true yeah. crime. Uh, it books. says nonfiction on it. It's a non <laughs> non nonfiction. It's a, it's actually a cool book because it has um, it has a like a the the house the plans. Ooh. So you can kind of like see how the house was situated. It's a nice house, actually. It's like five uh, five bedrooms, um, big dining room, living room. You said room. that it was up for sale? Yeah, it was recently up for sale. I think it sold for like 800 grand. They bought it in the 70s for like 80, uh, 80,000, which was like nothing, uh, rel- relatively speaking. It's a five-bedroom house in the Dutch colonial style. Uh, swimming pool, boathouse. Uh, it was located on a canal. I said it was like a man-made thing, like a river or something, but it's like a canal. Um, yeah, so it's like a really like nice big property. And so even in the 70s, 80 grand wasn't that much. But the reason is because 13 months before, this is our My Favorite Murder part of the show, which all of this is true, Um so whatever happened afterwards, you know, whatever the Lutzes are saying happened to them is is here nor there because the DeFeo murders were real. Ronald DeFeo killed the six members of his family uh, November 13th, 1974. Um, the, the address of the place is really famous. It's 112 Ocean Avenue. Uh, I'm not sure if you've actually ever heard that, but most people probably know like all the Amityville Horror Houses on Ocean Avenue. Maybe they don't know the 112, but they know that that it's there in Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. New York. Strong Island. Um, I was trying to find... So that's where the the whole like thing starts. So he is, because he's actually still alive. He is serving... DeFeo? Yeah. Yeah, he's in, let's see, he's 65. He's serving his sentence. I think it's in New York. Um, But yeah, so he got up. Well, that's the whole thing, the 315 thing. So in the middle of the night or whatever, shot everybody in like his house. I mean, and some of it, I I will admit, there are are definitely some really creepy questions regarding the murder. So the the guy gets up, uh, gets a shotgun, and he goes, uh, I'm trying to find, hold on. I want to find the actual order. Cause it's just, it is, it is very, very weird. 
so the parents were um, Ronald DeFeo Sr. and Louise DeFeo. So he shot both of them and then his four siblings, Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. His name is John Matthew, who were 18, 13, 12, and 9 at the time. So all of them had been shot with a 35 caliber lever action Marlin 336C rifle around 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.15, as they kind of fictionalize it in the film. I mean, who knows? Um, Parents have been shot twice. All the children have been killed with single shots. So physical evidence suggests that Louise DeFeo and her daughter Allison were both awake at the time of their deaths. And according to Suffolk County Police, the victims were all found lying on their stomachs in bed, which is kind of creepy. That was something in the in the um, book. I'm not sure if that comes up in the movie, that the Lutz children all start sleeping on their stomachs, but that was a claim of theirs in the, in the in book. In the book, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it came up in the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they went into that much detail. So anyway, so he shot all these people. Now, the question has always been, how did he not wake everybody up? Like, how did he shoot six individual people? With, I mean, with a shotgun, right? Yeah, with a shotgun, you know, that he had to, like, pump and do the whole thing. He didn't wake up. I mean, I don't know. I sleep pretty deep, but I, I don't know. If somebody was shot in the same house as me, I'm pretty sure I'd wake up. If someone was shot right next to you. Yeah. So there's, you know, that's always been sort of a thing. Like, how did, you know, how did he kill everybody? Like, why didn't anybody get up and run or, or whatnot? Because all of them were shot, like, in their beds. I don't know. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, all six of the victims were found face down, lying on their stomachs in their beds with no sign of a struggle. Um, it says that the rifle, um, the investigation had not, uh, had found that the rifle had not been fitted with a sound suppressor and no evidence of sedatives having been administered, leading to speculation that someone in the house should have been awakened by the noise of the, gu- of the gunshots. Um, yeah. Mm. I yeah that's I don't know I've always thought that was kind of creepy and there's all like I don't know they've gone back and forth like some no never mind I thought that was the most effective scene in the beginning was when they're touring the house and then as they're touring the house showing them they're showing the the they're showing everyone get killed in the different rooms I thought that was very jarring and it was like you know every now and then a good jump scare so I was like oh my god like they you know they're really showing it I can't remember I think is it was it in this because I, I I've seen the movie a bunch of times but you know they start to blend together and then I wasn't paying attention but is there a scene where like a boy comes out of like one of the rooms and like waves and then he turns around his head is like blown out I think I'm thinking of a different movie no. or maybe I'm thinking of the remake because they did remake it with um, Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds yeah. maybe I'm thinking of that sexy Ryan Reynolds yeah I think there's I think that's what that's in there yummy Canadian Ryan Reynolds. Um, uh, sorry I was uh, trying to figure out where I was so anyway so that's kind of the basic story that Ronald DeFeo had shot and killed you know all the members of his family and then he went into the bar in town and you know or something later that day like he had kind of hung out there and then later that day went and was like oh my I think my family's been shot uh, so at the time, you know, he said that voices and all of that sort of, you know, were telling him to kill everybody and, 
you know, that, that it was the house that drove him to it. But then in like the 90s, he tried to say that his sister Dawn um, had killed their parents and killed their siblings because she was like going to run away or something. And that the only, uh, he killed her when they were struggling with the rifle, you know, on accident. Okay. But that doesn't make it. Well, did they find her? Where did they find her body? The same. I mean, all of them are the same. You can find, you know, photos of like that, but then, then that begs the question, well, what did he like, you know, pose them? You know, did he flip them all or put them in, in, in place? Which I guess is, he could have. Yeah. You know, but. It takes a cool customer to do that. Right. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, the guy was clearly, you know, I, I do think that he was suffering, you know, obviously from some sort of mental distress, uh, whether it was demons or not, you know, telling him what to do in the, or the, what is it they try to say? It was like an Indian burial ground, or mm-hmm. the 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 Shin um, Shinnecook, yeah, Shinnecook, yeah, had abandoned like the mentally ill, <laughs> you know. But they all like you yeah. know. Tried and then to, that like, woman, that, uh, that like hippie spiritualist woman, was all like, "It's the it's the portal to hell." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was just made on a kind yeah. of like uh, American Horror Story, where the house itself is built to yeah, like channel a certain energy. <sighs> anyway, so that's like the the foundation. So that's like the true crime that really did happen. There's still a lot of questions about exactly what happened and how how the murder took place. And because DeFeo has been kind of unreliable and changed his story a lot, you know, we're never really going to know. Uh, but so a year later, the Lutzes move into the house. They spend apparently 28 horrifying days in their new digs before abandoning the place. Uh, it is interesting to note, though, that um, the house, they bought, like, when they bought it, it was fully furnished with all the DeFeo stuff. It was just still there. Ugh. Yeah, and they bought it for, like, $400, just all the furniture and things that were there. The, on top of the price of the house? Yeah, on top of the price of the house. And then I guess they abandoned all that stuff, or so they claim. They said they never set foot back in the house. I think that's also contested. Uh, but I, uh, you know, that's not what we're, we're here to talk about, um, you know, that it became film, you know, yes. and a very important, like, again, you know, we're talking in the seventies, everybody's up still up on this like demon stuff. You saw, I mean, the, the movie's full of Catholic ener- um, imagery, energy, yeah, Catholic I, energy. I was really yeah. surprised by that. It was just very, it was very kind of specific about Catholic like rituals and, and it was it was specific in such a way that like I was, there was a familiarity to me because I was raised Catholic. So there's a familiarity to me about everything. And it it was like from prayer to, to symbolism to, it was just, it was fascinating. I, I definitely, I definitely see where like it, the footprints of, um, the exorcist. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, especially with that priest and then, you know, the old priest and the young priest and (laughs) there just never seems to be, (laughs) Mm -hmm. nothing ever seems to happen good to priests in these movies. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was fascinating to see that kind of imagery be so openly displayed because I feel like now, um, I, I feel like, I feel like now we don't do that. We, everything, even if it's like, they say it's Catholic, they still kind of keep it, uh, they kind of keep it not Catholic. They kind of keep it like almost like 
I don't know. They they don't do anything specific to Catholicism. It's just you see a priest talking in a church, but like ritual may be a little bit off. And 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 then that's just like a function of storytelling or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I thought it was pretty yeah, it was pretty spot on. Yeah, I don't. I feel like we've sort of outgrown that because that was such a seventies thing, you know, to have like this frightening like Catholic imagery, nuns, you know, I mean the, the exorcist really obviously encapsulates that, yeah. you know, so beautifully cause it marries the very frightening images mm-hmm. together with this sort of, you know, spiritual, like religious um, iconography uh, and turns it into something, you know, very um, scary, <laughs> very, yeah. you know, terrifying in a lot of ways on a yeah. lot of levels. Because it's like literally a battle for your soul, yeah. good and evil. Yeah. So the Amityville horror definitely takes advantage of that still. Um, yeah. To, which to me does, I mean, I really do think of like such, like that's such an 80, 70s, 80s thing. Cause the um, Nightmare on Elm Street has several sequels and some of them involve like Catholic Im- imagery as well. Creepy nuns. Yeah. Um, what is that? There's a movie called like Hell's, Seeker or Hell something, not Hellraiser, mm-hmm. although that also kind of makes use of religious iconography in the way that the Cenobites look. They're sort of, they look like a religious order, um, faintly, you know, yeah. Catholic <laughs> in a way. Apparently Catholics fight evil like that. Yeah, apparently. Um, or they're on the other side where they are creating it, like yeah. in these, you know, uh, movies. Um, yes. Or, uh, Watch The Young Pope on, a- on HBO. All right. <laughs> I, I, it was just like, <laughs> I was like, wow, this lady's really Catholic. She mm-hmm. like had like crucifix and then had a priest come and bless the house. Oh, right. Yeah, all the stuff um, that they have Which around. is totally a thing. Like if no one knows any Catholics or is familiar with Catholicism at all, like, cat- like it's totally a thing to have like a priest bless your house or bless your car or whatever. Um, then you have... Um, like her aunt is a nun. <laughs> like all of a sudden yeah. you're like her aunt's a nun and her aunt come down. But I feel like they almost emphasize that because, because his, the, the, his business partner in the surveying business comes in. He's like, you know, you change your religion. You have like these kids now, like it's like you're losing yourself. So it's almost like they, they, it's a storytelling device to kind of purposely set, purposely set up that he's kind of losing himself more and more by being in that house. Yeah. And then that like take gets taken to the next level by actually losing himself because yeah. he becomes quote unquote like possessed by whatever spirit forces in the house. Yeah, and I think you know it also gives like a sort of um, bizarre like legitimacy to their claims because there's like you know look how religious they are like you know clearly they're not making all of this up. Yeah, you know like they're they're good people. You know because you said that this could there's 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 like speculation that this is just like a really elaborate ruse. Yes, that they absolutely made it up. You know, I uh, I don't know. I wasn't there. That's what it comes back down to with a lot yeah. of these sorts, you know, these conversations. I don't believe in demons. I don't believe in ghosts. You know, I don't believe in the, in those sorts of things. So it's like it's hard to like I can't, you know, I can't imagine that a lot of their claims are true. But where I do kind of, you know, something very horrific actually happened in that house. You know, six people were murdered. Uh, You know, there was probably a lot of bad energy there anyways. Like, you know, what it takes to get to that place to, you know, to to murder your family. I mean, there had to be, you know, lots of strong, uh, you know, 
do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? There, there had to be, there's something, some sort of like, there had to be something dysfunction, dysfunction and, and, and personality. Class, you know, a lot, you know, there's just had to be something like really boiling, you know, Inside, within that family. Yeah. You know, whether or not the house had anything to do with it, who knows? I mean, I, I definitely do believe, you know, I might not particularly believe in like an afterlife or anything, but, you know, humans, we're energy, we're, we give off electric impulses, we're chemicals, you know, th- those things have a way, I believe, of leaving their mark on a place. You know, if you, there I go again saying, you know, every two seconds, oh, it's going to be minutes. I know, Joshua. <laughs> I know. Uh, I've never been to Auschwitz. I've never been there. I don't know. Have you ever been? I've never been. Okay. People that I know have been there or been to, uh, was it Dak? Dachau, um, Dachau, Birken, Birkenau. Yeah, yeah. Um, but people I've spoken to that have gone there speak of like the hollowness of the place, and not just that because they know something very tragic happened there, but but so much suffering happened that it seems to have leached something out of the air. You know that mm-hmm. that 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 the space itself f- like feels empty. You know, it feels he- like. Like there is a heaviness, there's a presence there because of such tragedy. And I think that that has a way, I think that that can happen anywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. it just, it can get stuck behind like some sort of, I I don't know exactly how to, explain it that's why i think of when people say they've seen ghosts or things like that it's like i I don't necessarily believe in like this sentient thing that's left behind yeah but you know i i do think that there's probably a good possibility that you know you might see a flash of just of an energy that did exist in a space that maybe died in that space and it's it's still kind of there you know, sort yeah. of like the sound, like all of our sound comes out, you know, these waves and they just keep going and going and going for out forever, you know, frequencies. Yeah. Anyways, this is kind of, that's, of that's really beautiful though. Like that, <laughs> no, but it's, you think about it and you, you think about like, it's, it's an, it's a, it's a very like beautiful, non-religious way of expressing of expressing something like inhabiting a space of a, of a force of these like a uh, certain type of like impulse electrical impulses yeah. that have left bodies, but like have impacted a space so much. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of, and this is just going to be so, <laughs> this could maybe sound so reject reductionist in comparison, but you know, you're talking about like, there's a, I think that's one of the plot points of, um, of an episode of supernatural where like, you know, all of these, all of these people died at this particular place that yeah. it's imbued with so much suffering and yeah. the, the power of that kind of anguish is what like the devil gets brought. Like they, it's enough to un, uncage the devil. So it, it's interesting when you think about that, but I've, um, the, the, there, there are certain spaces, I believe, since we, you know, this movie and then the next one are going to be talking about like haunted houses and, yeah. these, you know, and spaces and sites of this type of uh, experiences. I think there is definitely something to be said about spaces that carry like a gravity and you walk in yes. and it's very, there's a, there's a reverence. And I don't know if it's just like it's all in our heads because that's what we're told. Right. But, yeah. you it's know, cultural consciousness we've yeah. created. A cultural consciousness that's created and it's, you know, and then even then we've created a consciousness about it. So that way every time someone visits it, they're kind of, 
adding. They're adding to yeah. what is already the pathology of the exactly. Place. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. So that's the thing. So it's like okay, this horrible event happens in this house. This family moves in. Um. You possibly religious. I mean, that again kind of flies a little bit in the face of some of the f- of the facts, at least according at the time that George Lutz was Lutz was not very um, religious. I uh, sort of like a non practicing Methodist. I think she was like a non practicing Catholic. They add all that into this film and into the book. I think to kind of again like add this legitimacy, uh, but also it's the seventies and fucking Catholicism is freaky as shit. You know, like yeah, yeah let's have crying, yeah. you know, Marys and you know freaky nuns and priests covered in flies. It's I mean, like there's a, this whole yeah. iconography that comes with it that's that's already been made so horrifying by the exorcist that the Amityville horror is able to, again, like I said, capitalize yeah. on that. It's like a post Vatican two world. Yeah. And you know, you have like the secrets of Fatima and all of that stuff yeah. like coming out. So, and you know, a lot of people given like what was going on in the world, it, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were, there was a lot of fear already and people were already kind of flocking yeah. to religion at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So if this family that moved in, if they were like sort of religious or at least open to that sort of ideology and then you're living in a, in a house that's filled with this sort of bad juju energy from just a really horrible, awful crime that happened there um, by a man who's still living, who's going on trial at the time. I mean, you know, so maybe they're... Um, maybe the the events in that house it's sort of like a perspective thing like yeah there weren't demons crawling up out of the place and the walls weren't bleeding but maybe there was some sort of like mass hysteria that happened with this family you know they were just susceptible to it and because it was still such like a new crime and you know that energy was just really heavy in the place because everybody who's lived there since says they don't know what the hell they're talking about the walls don't do anything they don't hear voices all the subsequent houses like people that have owned the place you know, at least that I've read, I have not, I've not found like the current owners have lived there or had lived there for years and said, no, the place never did anything weird as far as they're concerned, you know? So maybe it's a belief thing. Like I, I've said that before, like when we were looking to buy a house, I was like totally down to buy a stigmatized property. One, because I don't believe in ghosts, but I'll buy an awesome house for a low price because you think it might be haunted. You know, so maybe we're not susceptible to it. If you're not, if you're kind of living in a place where you're, mm-hmm. you know, not, you know, like if you're Lydia Dietz and you basically, like, yeah, you don't like I yourself am strange and those. unusual. Yeah. Screw you, like whatever. Ooh, you know, I could go see rattle you, like, some chains somewhere else, motherfucker. <laughs> Have you seen that that uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark? Uh, Bloody fingers. No. Oh, okay, so real quick, because I always feel like this. I feel like I'm this guy. It's an old story. It's like a traveling musician, plays the guitar, you know, um, try, goes to this hotel. There's only one room left. It's supposedly haunted by this ghost that, you know, like hangs out in the closet or something. And the guy's staying there. And other people would stay there and said, oh, you know, this thing comes out of the closet, you know, yelling bloody fingers, scared us off all these people. So usually the room's not rented. But the guy's like, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't care. So he's in there in the hotel, doodling around, playing his guitar. Uh, hears from the closet, bloody fingers, bloody fingers. And he's like, mm, whatever, you know. Keeps going on, bloody fingers. And then finally he's like, dude, chill and get yourself a Band-Aid. Like, that's me. <laughs> you know, like... Quit all the yelling and moaning about your fucking fingers and just grab a Band-Aid and let me continue playing my guitar. Like, I feel I'm that guy. 
<laughs> but maybe not. I mean, if a ghost lunged out of that closet right now, yeah, I'd probably die. I'd die of shock because I would be like, oh, my God, they're real. <laughs> you know, It's all real. Or like when I die and I'm there at the pearly gates, I'm just going to die. I'm going to just be in constant like, what? What? No, this is not real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, what's funny is you think but you're I going hope. to heaven. <laughs> True. <laughs> Well, don't you get judged and then you're sent? I don't know. I, uh, you know, I think your heart is weighed. I All think that's of that what the Egyptians me. believe. If that, if a ghost came out of that closet, the first thing it'd say is, "You gay?" Right. <laughs> is it a hot ghost? Because if it's like a hot ghost, then I'm okay. Oh my god, is a mask for mask a ghost? <laughs> right. Oh my. Do you god. think it's like a total top ghost? <sighs> that's all. Well, I hope not. <laughs> We're not going to have much in common. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Oh, man. So, Marquis de Chade. Uh, All right. So, yeah. So, I don't know. You know, when it comes down to, like, what the Lutz is actually, you know, experienced or not. People have come away saying, like, I think there was, like, an attorney who introduced them to Jay Anson. And he, his claim was, like... Possibly, again, anecdotal evidence from 40 years ago. Yes, don't sue us. Uh, says that they all just got really carried away over some bottles of wine and were like, oh, this would be an awesome book. Because, I mean, they made tons of money off of this, clearly. You know, they, oh, I'm sure. You know, they sold the book. They sold the movie rights. 18 films. Yeah, it's insane uh, <laughs> how much... Uh, yeah, because they made the movie with like five million bucks, and it went on to make eighty-seven at the box office, and that was just the first film. And then all these like horrible, you know, remakes and sequels and all of that. Um, it's interesting, though. I'm reading here that it, it actually had a lot of negative reviews from like Roger Ebert, but I mean, they're always saying terrible things. I don't think I don't really think that. Um, the Amityville Horror is a bad movie. I, I really like it. I think I think it's a good movie. I thought it was pretty good, too. It's definitely, like, <laughs> it's... So, you know, remember in Grindhouse, the one of the fake trailers, the movie Don't? Yeah. And it's, like, a lot of close-ups. It's yeah. a lot of, like, um, extreme close-up, extreme... It's very lot, 70s. Lot zooms. Very 70s. Um, the, like, I just love how... I just love how... Uh, God, this is, I don't know how this is going to sound, so just bear with me. But okay. I just love how when um, Kathy is practicing her ballet, you it's like you can see her like folds and cellulite and all of that stuff. And that like totally would not fly now. Like, oh, I, yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, because that's just her body. And she was not unattractive and not like. No, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's a yeah. beautiful woman, but like. And all of that. I mean, it's such I mean, nonsense. It, exactly. It's such not. But just thinking about like how much even that stuff is kind of curated. Yeah. And it was, I felt like, it felt like a really real. It, in a lot of ways, movies and film now is more real. But in a lot of ways, back then, it was also even more real. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like. Yeah, because you know they're not shying away from, from like altering people's bodies in any such way or whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that obviously these kind of um, standards, especially on women, have been imposed since you know, yeah, the beginning. Uh, but you're right. In the '70s, there was because uh, I think of like Carrie. 
uh, I think of Halloween, mm-hmm. how all of those people do not look like teenagers. You know, <laughs> they look like yeah. you know thirty, like Greece. They're Greece, all like yeah. thirty. Think of Greece. You know, they got crow's feet, and they're like, oh, I'm a bopping teenager. Uh, I don't know. What I'm seventeen. Yes, I just got my license. Uh, so yeah, there was there was in the seventies definitely and eighties. You know, everybody kind of looked more real. Nowadays, the I mean, the expectations yeah. and the standards that we put on bodies is yeah out outrageous. And and this is me not like I I don't want to. I, I was trying to be delicate about it because I don't want to like, you know, make this about like Marco Kidder's body or mm-hmm. or like, you know, make it a site for our criticism. But um, but it was just it was just kind of uh, an interesting thing. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh, I, I the first thing I thought was, oh, this is how you know you're watching a dated film just oh, because, yeah. you know, and I'd be curious to see um, how they tackle that in the newer movies. Um, well, no, you know they get Ryan Reynolds. And well, exactly, he's all and that's sexy the thing. And Ryan Reynolds, like they, the reason they got Ryan Reynolds probably is because you know, in addition to being like a very, you know, a very good actor, he also like runs around, you know, with an axe, sweaty with right. his like abs showing over all over the place. Yeah, probably no, gets uh, two million dollars an ab. Yeah, but you know, I mean. The, the it's like she's, you know, supposed to have had three children. You know, yeah. it's like, come on, let people be. Real. I mean, yeah, we just don't. Yeah. Okay. We don't have that kind of thing anymore. I'm trying to find the uh, remake information here. See, this is why Jill Soloway top or Jill 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 Soloway top of the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> um, when did that come out? 2005, right? Yes, 2005. 2005 to stay alive. Ryan Reynolds, Melissa George. That's that's the woman I was thinking that's in it, Melissa George. You know, and every, I mean they all look young and beautiful and, you know, young and beautiful. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful young. Uh wow, they made that for 19 million bucks and it made 108 million. Mm, wow. wow, that's surprising. Yeah, the remake. Uh, of course, it's saying it, it had negative reviews. It claims it holds a 23% score on Rotten Tomatoes. What's funny is the original does, too. It has a 24% rating with the consensus. Dull and disappointing. The best that can be said for the Amityville Horror is that it set a low bar for its many sequels and remakes. <laughs> you fucking Rotten Tomatoes people. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. They don't. <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking about them. Like, for a movie, for the only movie that I think we're watching that has horror in the title, it is surprisingly not bloody and no. it's all it's all in your mind. It's all yeah. it's all just based on the assumption that they are actually going through this stuff. Yeah. Oh I love this. Um the real George Lutz denounced the film, the the remake, the um Brian Reynolds version, denounced the film as drivel and was suing the filmmakers at the time of his death in May two thousand six. Mm. Yeah. Oh, damn. So Lutz is dead, but DeFeo's still living. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, I guess that means, I mean, Ronald DeFeo is, would have been younger anyways than him. I guess. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, but still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. It's a little more... Yeah, I did, you know, I don't I don't know what the point of continuing to like remake the Amityville horror is, but you know, I guess, as long as people will pay to see it. Uh this is a good segue into the fact that as I was like looking things up um wa- while watching the movie, 
that there is an Amityville horror film coming out this year in yeah. July or June or something. The Awakening. Amityville, The Awakening. Is it called The Awakening or is it? I think it's Amityville Awakening or The Awakening or something. Oh, but, the, the Awakening. But June it's got um, Cameron Monaghan in it. And Cameron Monaghan, for those who are unfamiliar with the name, is he plays um, he plays the gay son on Shameless, on the U.S. version of Shameless on Showtime. And he also plays like the, the Joker, the Jerome Valeska character on Gotham. Uh, and uh, he's also one of my top five gingers that uh, I want to um, do things to. Uh, he's just adorable, but like because I think his portrayal of like that sinister character on Gotham is what is going to make him be so good. Like he's going to yeah. have so much fun playing. Uh, playing any part in Amityville Horror. Because I can only guess that he's... I'm going to only guess that he's the one who's going to be, you know, turning on his family and, and doing stuff. It says he's playing a comatose twin. Yes, but then the twin wakes up Ooh. when they get into the house. Yeah, they have Bella Thorne and Jennifer Jason Leigh. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm going to watch it, just like I watch all this drivel. For Jennifer Jason <laughs> Leigh. To quote George Letts, Drivel. Yes, you can catch Joshua at a at an early matinee on a Sunday somewhere. That's true. You can. Yes, that is. Uh, that's my favorite time to go watch movies because I love having a theater to myself or just a few friends. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, okay, so what else on the Amityville Horror before we wrap up here? I, um, the. <laughs> The the sex was really interesting. We mentioned oh, God, that weirdo. Sex I know scene. we were we were talking about it and the live stream about um, what's with these mirrors with like these gold gold leaf, veins like gold leaf veins on them. Um, I just remember because I think about that and I think about like Goodfellas with the like giant like uh, Asian fans. Um, you know, as part of like a modern, as part of like, you know, your modern like aesthetic, your modern uh, decor, uh, that and then um, you have like, I, I mean, the, whoever did the makeup, I mean, it's, I mean, we were, we were watching it in HD, but whoever did the makeup for, for uh, James Brolin, it's like, oh, so much white. Like, forget it. He's pale. He's getting, he's pale and he's losing yeah, it. Yeah, well, and her, like, yeah, the effects in the movie are kind of, you yeah. know, by our standards of today. And then I did, <laughs> um, I did enjoy. Which isn't fair. I did enjoy, me. like, a full uh, James Brolin bulge and his, like, you know, when he, like, it was just funny because he comes down wearing, like, a, a thermal, like, night shirt and no pants wearing tidy whities Oh, right, And yeah. then she's in this, like, full nightgown. Flowy, yeah. <laughs> Flowy, like, full nightgown, which is supposed to be, like, the beginning of autumn or winter in that area. Yeah, the whole the whole film takes place in December. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's at 28 days in December. And then just... <laughs> and then that priest, that poor priest, I think that's what shook me the most, is that his story could have been... If you took out all of his stuff, it could have been an entirely different thing on its own just like him experiencing all of that and yeah. how like he was just the best over actor just like yeah, the, like yelling at the two church officials right. and then like the angels crumbling around him 
I it was very dramatic. You could like int- you could like splice that in with into the like Exorcist and still be okay, and you'd think you're watching the same movie. Totally, yeah. And that guy, I, I the the guy, the priest that it's based on in the book, I think that he came out and was like, I was never there. I talked to them over the phone one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh. you know, there's so much. And then the other thing too, and I and I remember this because it just kind of was something that they mentioned. Uh, during that scene with the the two church officials is he's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. I'm a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, Oh, you're you and your, you know, your secular education. That's what's, you know, you're going crazy or whatever. But like father Karras was also yeah. like a person who had like a secular education and became a priest. Yes. And I'm just thinking like, is that just a blatant ripoff of the exorcist or are they trying to make like a legitimate commentary about, uh, secular, like I just wanted to know what like secular education, but also being like a person of extreme religious faith and extreme meaning that like you are a servant, you mm-hmm. are a, you are a conduit, a yeah. A, a vessel yeah. If you become faith. like a priest, you've gone pretty deep. Yeah, but it's like you are a you know you have this secular education, and then you have uh, secular education, and then you have this. Um, this like extreme faith because you know faith necessarily admits doubt so yeah hmm yeah so it's like and i got that you know to give credit i got that quote from a speech that obama gave in like his first term (laughs) (laughs) he gave it at a he gave it at a catholic university who was giving him an honorary degree and it was, you know, he's a Democrat, pro, pro-choice, all this stuff. So it was very controversial. But one thing that he said that's always stuck with me is that, you know, the, the irony of faith is that it necessarily admits doubt. Like, that is the whole point of having faith in something is that there is a possibility. You are admitting that there is doubt. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is interesting because, yeah. and I was I just kept thinking about that when this guy is like, you know, I believe the Catholic Church and she needs to come to this family's rescue, and they're like, you should just take a vacation. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Then it's like, is this? Oh, and when he said, is this all part of the cover up? I'm like, it still is a part of the. Is this how we do things? Is this how we just cover it up? And I'm like, that's you know, spotlight. <laughs> We'll tell you that's always how they've done it, but whatever. Right. So. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think that's a, a very good point because that's what I don't understand when like movies like this, you know, well, in, in general, in like larger society. Okay. So you can go around. It's perfectly acceptable to say, Jesus speaks to my heart. I talked to God. I had a conversation with the Lord. Now, whether, whether or not people are hearing voices it's still perfectly acceptable to like walk around and, and, and to say these things and, and, and to have this like connection unless you're like really like exuberant about, you know what I mean? Like I speak for, then suddenly you're crazy, you know, then suddenly you need mental like help. Same vice versa. Like, okay, so God makes you good or tells you good things, but people that are like, well, I murdered them because of the devil. Like the devil made me do it. Like that should be an absolutely legitimate like defense 
that like churches and stuff, you know what I mean? Should be behind, but they're not, you know, it's like this weird, it's hard to explain. Like, I don't want people killing and and thinking they should be able, I don't think people should get off. I think that that is mental illness. Like I I think that, you know, this, that is clearly as a mental health professional. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly that's, you know, a problem. But the thing is, is everybody's so skeptical, you know, everybody's like immediately like, no, you know, that person, you know, murder these people. But it's like, yeah, but I mean, you're going around saying you believe in God and the devil, that these are real sentient beings that exist and that, you know, work, you know, for and against the human soul. So why, why is this suddenly so crazy? And so in movies like the Amityville horror or like the extra where it's like, well, she can't possibly be possessed. Oh, but you've only built your entire history on the idea that the devil is a real thing and that, you know, is actively in pursuit of the human soul. But, like this girl is clearly making it up. Yeah. This person is clearly making it up. The devil didn't make them do anything. Demons didn't make them do anything. So it's always weird. It's a, it's a sort of strange, you know, and I think yeah. that's why they put that, that, that figure. There's all, like that priest that's, Oh, used to be a teacher, used to be a psychologist or whatever. And they're in that doubting role. I mean, it's just so, yeah. it's very archetypal, you know? Yeah. I, I, that's what fascinates me about anything that's having to, anything I've read or like the few things I've seen that have to do with like this idea of exorcism or, or demons or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, we, the entire faith was founded on this, like you said, active, active battle for the human soul. Yeah. Yet when, when people are telling you that they are feeling this, they are, they are definitely in the throes of this battle you think, oh, it's just mental illness. Like, why? Yeah. And then it, and then it has to be some sort of fringy person or priest or whatever that is the, that's the person who's going to do battle. Like, right. I think of Constantine, like the Constantine thing, where it's like, oh yeah, he yeah, works yeah. like he works outside of the church because the church doesn't want to get their hands dirty. But then again, like you know, he's, yeah. it's just, it's really interesting. Yeah, that's why it's all just so messed up. And I think it's all bullshit. You know, I think it's all a play for money. Quite in my personal opinion, you know, so it's like it, it preying on people's, you know, on uh, preying on. <sighs> as humans, we know every day that we get up out of bed that we're going to die one day. So what's the point? Why do we get out of bed? Well, for lots of reasons, faith, um, you know, we want to enjoy life. You're like me where you're like hedonist and it's like, well, I just want to live. I know I'm going to die. So I'm going to try to have as many good experiences as possible before I die, you know, and, and religion and especially things like the Catholic church and these very highly structured religions, you know, that, um, they prey on that you know, and they use it to make a lot of money and to continue having their followers and having these beliefs perpetuated. But at the end of the day, they don't really stand true for what they believe in. Because if the, I mean, I feel like they should be out there. If there are these high profile cases where somebody's like the devil made me do it, they should be down there like defending that person. Like clearly we need to save this poor soul from the devil, but they're not, they're not, they're not doing that. Yeah. You know? Um, And I don't know if there's a lot of cases I don't know. This, I mean, this is also just me talking. <laughs> yeah. This is me opining on, you know, I, what I think is very, very real dangers of religious um, fanaticism. fanaticism, but And, even, and also capitalism, yeah. the, you know, religious capitalism. Uh, so it just, it, it kind of always annoys me in movies where the, 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 the God-fearing folks are not the first people to believe somebody who says this supernatural event is happening to me, you know, or, or in your own family if you're religious and you say, you know, I think this is, you know, the first inclination is like, 
you're sick. You know, it's not, oh, yeah, well, that's what the devil does, you know? I mean, for some people, I'm sure it is. But I just, you know, in general, it's like it's so, you know, that's why I really like that movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I was just watching that the other day. Mm -hmm. Again, said to be based on the exorcism of Annalise Michel, a German uh, woman, I think. Uh, They have it all on YouTube, her exorcism tapes. Uh, something real you can listen to, but it's about like the legality and and this priest tells this young woman to stop taking her psychoactive medication because she's possessed by a devil and she dies. So where's the fault? So they put the priest on trial to say he murdered this girl because he tried to provide a religious, you know, um, cure for her a, a mental, mental a, illness for like a medical problem. Yes, uh, but of course that's what the film is about. Was yeah. she actually possessed? Was she not? I which mean, is you know. which is kind of which is interesting because you you know that the mental illness and all of that, it, like it's it's been said that when you read old texts about people being exorcised or demons and all this stuff, it's just people struggling with mental illness yeah. and then the church trying to assist them. And now you when we have now that we're in a place where people can get relatively decent um, access. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I should say in, in, like, in, in such places where that access is available to them. Yes. Uh, you yeah, have... The privilege, um, the money, yeah, and all. Privilege, you know, it's this... Uh, you have... No longer are those, like, demons stuff of the devil. Now the devil is in your now the devil's you know all these different social ills the devil is in homosexuality the devil is in um overconsumption and the devil the devil's in uh you the fact that you don't want to recycle like the devil's in the population like the a few years ago the new like the the new like seven deadly sins came out the the uh the like you know the social the different social sins that came out under the uh, under Benedict the Sixteenth and it was just it was interesting because now no longer is the devil like you know actively possessing you to take you back to hell with right. him it's your actions that are where the devil is going to be yeah yeah no absolutely so it's just all of that has always fascinated me yeah. when it comes to like this defense of religious beliefs anyways uh, yeah so. The Amityville Horror. That's Pretty it. Fun. Wrap on that. Yeah. I, I'm Another glad that one. you watched it. I mean, I, I hope that you thought it was an enjoyable film. <laughs> I, did, I did. I I thought it was I thought it was I thought it's it was like the enjoyable. Exorcist in a way. It know? was like The Exorcist. Yeah. Um The Exorcist it, is way better. Buddy. It wasn't it was probably like I think up to now maybe one of the least horrifying, maybe not the least, but one of the least yeah. horrifying films. Yeah, it's uh, scary. Yeah, I mean like there's no one out there trying to like kill you or anything, so um, but that being said, uh, that being said, it brings up good questions. Yeah. yeah. It brings up a lot of good questions. And it, it, I think some of the best like films are like psychological thrillers where they, where they mess with your perception of reality yeah. and you don't know what is real and what is not, yeah. uh, because that's something that really frightens me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that this did a really good job of it. It's very effective yeah. in the way that it handles that exactly what you're talking about because it's ba- it's 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 capitalizing on a real life tragedy paired with very amorphous like story that spread really fast and everybody you know really plugged in and believed in it and you know believed this family's tragic 
you know, happening. And it's just kind of from there snowballed into this yeah. you know, huge thing. And I feel the same way. Like it creeps me out on a level of like, well, I don't really know. Like something really horrible happened in the house. Yeah. This family claims another really horrible thing happened in the house, but everybody else says no. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's it, the not knowing that yeah. bothers me a lot too. Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable in that sort of way. I mean, at the end of the day, I believe what I believe, and I, it, no movie, especially from the seventies, is going to convince me that there's ghosts and demons. But uh, I like the movie for that reason. It kind of puts you in that space of like, well, I don't know. It's maybe, kind of, it's kind of cool, yeah, yeah, to take a break from that and just kind of think about, well, what if, what yeah. if, and that's what that's what that the, yeah. the question I mean, is. The whole reason why we watch films, we engage in this kind of art form, and is, uh, you know, the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, so absolutely. But, like, these films want you to believe the narrative. They want, they're putting forth a narrative that they want you to believe in order for, order for, order for you, for you, enjoyment from yeah, Exactly. So it's it's interesting when films like that, too, they, the yeah. whole thing is built on, uh, you know, just clear your mind and let us do the storytelling when right. in this regard and films like Amityville Horror, it's like, well, no, we're going to tell you what happened and then this is how it happened and that's how you believe it. And Yeah. Well, yeah, and now it's permeated, like, culture to such a large degree, you know, so. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, cool. All right, just... That's that a one. wrap on That's that. A wrap on that one. So up next, we're going to do Poltergeist, which I'm really excited about. I re- Poltergeist is really fun. Uh, Toby Hooper involved, who did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that's kind of cool. A little cool connection there. Uh, along with... Oh, Steven Spielberg, Steven right? Steven Spielberg. We'll get into that, into the, into the uh, argument there. Uh, along with just... Yeah, looking at... Uh, I think... So you have... The Amityville Horror is one kind of haunted house story where it's like demon or like evil, some sort of amorphous evil. And then Poltergeist, which is like about real, like dead people that are like haunting a space. You know, it's not, it's not so much. Well, I mean, there is some of that too, like evil things as well. But there's like this creepy preacher that comes along and there's lots of creepy stuff in it. Uh, but I think, I, th- I feel like they're two sides of a coin when it comes to haunted house movies. So I'm looking forward to, to, to watching Poltergeist with you. It's going to be wait. fun. Uh, also, another cursed film. We'll get into that. It'll be fun. So stay tuned. Uh, everybody go out and, um, uh, you know, Go, Listen, go rate, to 112 subscribe. Ocean Avenue in New York. You won't recognize the place anymore. They did take the facade. I think we talked a little bit about that earlier. They re, they redid it so to make it less recognizable because the creepy like windows are like eyes. You know, they they stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the people I think who bought it really wanted to deter people from coming and yeah. bothering them. So they redid the house. Uh, if I had bought it when it was up for sale a couple months ago, I think it was up for sale for like eight hundred grand. I would have restored it and turned it into a horror hotel bed and breakfast. It would have been awesome. And at 3.15 every morning. Yes. I would have woke all my guests up. A giant scream. <laughs> I would have Six let, shotgun blasts. I would let creepy bloody pigs run through the place. Uh, all kinds of stuff. I would, have, I would have done it. But alas, we live in San Diego. What am I going to do in New York? So can't, couldn't do it. Uh, plus, I didn't have that kind of money. <laughs> if you did, what are you doing here? <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, go out and rent the Amityville Horror. Uh, have, a, have a fun night in. Uh, gather the children around. <laughs> oh, and we will be recording this the week of Friday the 13th. 
and we just can't make it work to see to watch Friday the 13th. So um, I'm just going to say I hope you had a good Friday the 13th. This is coming out after that. Um, Yeah. Hope something scary and fun happened. Tell us all about it. Share it with us. (laughs) I'm just looking through. We are watching Friday the 13th. Oh, because it's kind of tied in with... um, Slasher stuff. Well, we might just watch it for fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll get together. And you know what Friday we should do? We should do. We should uh, watch it and then do a little uh, Facebook Live event. We should. That'll be fun. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Uh, but this will have all happened after. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> yes. These are all our plans. <laughs> right. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Rate, subscribe, um, link to us, share us, uh, all of that. We appreciate you. Any last words, Joe? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 